My name is Alex Handloff. I'm the Collaborative Communications Manager at Mountain Studies Institute in Durango, Colorado. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt and Dust. One of my largest projects is telling the story of the Two Watersheds, Three Rivers, Two States Cohesive Strategy Partnership, or the 232. It includes the San Juan and Rio Grande watersheds, the Rio Chama, Rio Grande, and San Juan rivers, and the states of Colorado and New Mexico. But what is it? It's a diverse group of people representing different places and perspectives who come together to share information and tools and to work collectively to manage our natural resources, like water, wildlife, ecosystems, and especially the health of our forests. It's also a large area of land. There's work to be done out there to be more resilient to wildfire, to understand water quantity and quality, and to ensure our communities thrive. In this episode, I hope to get a better understanding of large spaces and distances in this landscape. Well, the first step I imagine is to see the geography itself. Get a sense of the land where the work happens. To observe, soak in, absorb, to know it. And my curiosity takes me here, on the Continental Divide Trail, which covers over 350 miles in the 232, sneaking through mountains and rivers. And who better to talk to than a thru-hiker who walks those 350 miles and much more? Maybe a thru-hiker, someone moving at the speed of walking, has a different way of thinking about space and distance and making meaning of it. Just like that, one comes strolling by, and we decide to take a hike. What's your name? Jefferson. And what's your or last name, Jefferson? Schleifer. Schleifer, all right. Do you, do you want my trail name, too? Oh, do you have a trail? No, tell me about that. My trail name is Hefe, J-E-F-E. No, no L, though, just boss. Trail name, a name that is not decided by the hiker or by the act of being born, but given to the hiker for extraordinary feats of personality. It is earned, a trail name. Well, I was on... The Appalachian Trail. This guy, he's a hiker as well, got norovirus. He was like keeled over on a log. I was like, hey man, what's up? Like, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I can't go on. Like, I'm really sick. And well, how about if I take your pack and I walk with you, we can like get you to a road so you can like at least get to a hospital or figure this out. Yeah. So. That's pretty much what we did. And I hiked with him for about six, seven miles. And I wore my pack on the front and his pack on the back. I was hiking with a couple of good friends at the time and they were like waiting at the road for me. They were like, you, you normally catch up to us. We were just waiting there. And when I showed up with him, they were like, oh, you're the Hefe. It is also shortening my name because no one likes to say Jefferson. We have to shorten everything. Except the hike that you've taken me on here. We certainly didn't shorten that. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're covering 18 miles today. To me, that is not a joke. To Jefferson, it's just another day. Jefferson Schleifer is about six feet tall, lean, energetic, and dressed in high socks and relatively new trail running shoes, red and black. And he carries a small backpack. He's what you call an ultralight backpacker carrying no more than what is absolutely necessary. If you had to guess, like how many, how many miles do you think you've hiked in your life? Um, I would say around 6,000. 6,000? 
Yeah, that's like a rough guess. 6,000 miles is the equivalent of going from France to Mongolia, from Cape Town to Cairo, on foot. Surely there must be some wisdom in that. You seem pretty modest about it. Do you, do you feel like that's a lot? I don't know. I, I'm definitely not like an amateur, but I would definitely not consider myself an expert. Space and distance are funny things. We have a very good sense of them at human scales, like the exact dimensions of your childhood basement that would flood all the time. But at large scales, our ability to perceive becomes wildly inaccurate. Do I actually have a sense of 6,000 miles? Is that how far away the moon is? How big is the moon, anyway? Maybe Jefferson knows. Maybe he has the secret. Maybe it's walking through places. The Continental Divide Trail, to you, you know, what, what is the appeal? The Continental Divide Trail is kind of, well, <laughs> when it was initially described to me, it was said that basically the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail had a baby, <laughs> and it's awesome. Which, in terms of like the actual trail development, like the, the hard facts, is true. Like, it is the youngest of the big Triple Crown three. But that wasn't what really appealed to me. I, I would say, I think what really kind of sealed it for me was it's extremely rugged as a trail. Um, well, like, tell me this. What even got you started doing it in the beginning? Like, not just getting outside, but like wanting to do big miles and stuff like that. It was kind of a combination of things, I, but there was really one, I guess, defining moment where I was in the Grayson Highlands. Where's that, Grayson Highlands? It is in like Southwest Virginia. Grayson Highlands. State Park in Virginia, a mere 1,600 miles from where we're hiking now. Google says it would take 23 days to walk there. I bet Jefferson could do it in 12. I was there on a trip as part of like a college class. We spent like probably five days there. You know, I was like 20 at the time. I didn't know, I hadn't felt that feeling of like just, this just feels like me ever. Yeah, it just kind of started from there. And it's not like a typical vacation, it's a job. You know, you get up every day and have to do the same thing every day. But there's something kind of liberating in that, you know? Yeah. Oh man, look at this. Wow. That is foaming almost. Wow, that's great. Water. Flowing water brings us to silence. We stand there, listening. Water has a lot to say. It connects us. It's all part of the landscape. The 232 landscape, where people collaborate across enormous spaces here in Colorado and New Mexico to help our forests, rivers, wildlife, and communities thrive. And when I say enormous, I mean it to the tune of five million acres. It's about the forest, and the forest is connected to everything, to the water, to the watershed, the sky, the air, even the space outside this landscape altogether. It's dizzying. 
given 6,000 miles, I'm sure you have a pretty unique perspective of space. Yes. Like, how do you know places by walking through them? You know, what's different? There's definitely, like, a whole other, I don't know, connection that you have when you're walking through a place and you're experiencing the heat and the cold and the weather patterns and seeing how a landscape changes. I think that's... It changes you. It, I mean, you're affected by it. Do you feel like it's something you can put into words? People have tried to put it into words. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously something like you're feeling and you can describe that. But I also think there is something more like subtle going on. Like you're becoming shaped by it. Yeah. And I think that's something that you have to be open to. If you allow yourself to be the clay, you know, get on the potter's wheel, like the landscape will shape you and it'll yeah. change you for the, for the better, I would argue. Jump onto the proverbial potter's wheel a one-way ticket to transformation. Maybe that's how to perceive space. How to know five million acres is to let it shape you. Well, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there and how it, how it works in a poetic way, that it shapes you. Yeah. And like, how would you ever think to intervene or interact with a space without being shaped by it first? Dang, you see that waterfall right there? Yeah. Wow. Coming down, oof. Well, answer me this, these travels on these walking adventures, how do you perceive yourself in the, in the space as like, I'm a point on a map moving through it? Does that like go away or do you always have like a sense that you're like, I know I'm in Colorado. I feel like I've always considered it as like a, a communing. This is what this landscape has seen. It's just people walking in it, you know? And I'm a part of that kind of like getting back to your evolutionary origins a little bit, you know? Seems like a good time to tell Jefferson about my job, about the 232, something he didn't ask about because when you're in the woods, your job is to hike, talk, connect, learn, and listen. But I tell him because that's why I'm here. Okay, well, I said five million acres. Do you just have a sense of how big that is? Is that just easy to imagine? No, I mean... What if I told you it was the size of the moon? I don't... Uh, I would be skeptical. <laughs> uh, well, no, I think you're right to be skeptical. Yeah, I mean, I f I'm trying to even think, like, of, like, a state, even. Yeah, that's a lot. That's It's a lot. Five million acres is, is almost impossible to imagine. Yeah. And it's definitely not the size of the moon, I assure you. <laughs> The surface of the moon covers over nine billion acres, but for a second there, it wasn't so obvious, was it? What would you say is a landscape? Like, how would you define that? What is that? Or is it just the landscape? Hold on, let's do this creek crossing. Oh, yeah. Right, like, that's like the whole, the whole idea of like, what is wilderness, Yeah. right? What is wilderness compared to other types of land? Like even knowing the space like you do, it's still hard to know how much of it. Yeah. Or is that even a question that goes through your head, how much of it you're seeing? Like I doubt you go by and you're like, you know what? I probably saw a million acres on that trip. 
Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's definitely, I think it's back to like the time problem. It's not something that, and like the clock's time, you know. Like, like that's not how you count. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how would you count then if you had to? I mean, get really poetic on the head Yeah, here. please. I think just kind of getting into the rhythms of things. That's how I would count, right? Like it's like, oh, I've been hiking for this many moons, you know? Mm. Like that kind of gives you a better scale. It's like, oh yeah, that was like five months, sure. But like, you know, but it's like, no, like he saw five whole moon cycles and walked for that amount of time. <laughs> and it is, and it kind of removes the ego a little bit too, right? It's like, you're out here or every time I've through hiked, I'm, I'm just, I'm out there, you know? Like it's, you, you, you have to kind of let go a lot of that stuff that, I don't know, society wants you to kind of portray. Especially when I was getting ready to go do the AT, Appalachian Trail, people were just like, oh, are you gonna go find yourself? Like, yeah. Vision quest? And no, I, I don't, I, I didn't think I was at all. And I think ultimately what I did find was myself in the landscape. Like a mirror, we see ourselves in the aspen leaf, the beaver dam, the rotting stump. That's what Hefe is trying to tell me, to peer into the surroundings and know that they are part of me, that I am part of them. That's, I feel like, probably the most important thing you can do on a through hike. So on these through hikes, do you feel like part of you is, will always be with those landscapes? Yeah, yeah, I mean. Or they are part of you? I, I, I mean, yeah, you, I feel like you kind of become imprinted by them. Yeah. I, and I, very, very real example, I was working, I won't say the city, I was working in a city <laughs> and, you know, doing construction job. And I went on a shorter through hike. It was about a month and a half, right? But it was a whole trip, it was the Arizona trip. And just even from that month and a half, the feeling I felt when I left to the feeling I felt when I came back, I, as soon as I walked in that very first day I got back, I immediately felt different and everyone else felt the same. Hmm. Not to say that they didn't grow in their own ways, but it just was like a very different kind of growth. Was it a lasting feeling or was it something that faded? I'm gonna be honest, it did fade, actually. Because yeah. I then got back into the rhythms of being in the city and... The city separates us, strips us of our mirror. But does that feeling fade because it must, because it's inevitable, or because we must push it out as we readapt to a different sort of life? We can have a pretty dramatic impact on landscapes and the world we're also very insignificant. And there's a beauty in that, I think, in that like, it's, it's really just about doing your part, you know? It's like, because I am so insignificant, 
in this like grand scheme of things, I get to choose and make the significance. And I want, you know, and I want to do it like ideally in communion with where I live. Well, I wish you luck. Yeah. And I wish we could all be so connected and dedicated to to something beyond ourselves. Yeah. And hopefully these five million acres can get a dose of that. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe it's a learned skill, one that takes generations of thinking about large areas and distances. Maybe it's walking 6,000 miles. Or maybe it's not even thinking about numbers at all. Not an easy task, but what we are good at, having a sense of the intimate and immediate, is incredibly important. Leaning into that locality of space, that sense of the present, can actually have impacts on a larger scale, whether we understand them or not. I am the clay. I am ready to be shaped. 17 miles to go. My name is Alex Handloff. To know this space is to spend a lifetime. Join me next time on The Dirt and Dust. To learn more, head to 232partnership.org.